On today's show, we talk to repeat guest Alyssa as she goes from family to adults-only Disney World. This is WRWDW, the Disney World Planning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 194. I'm your host, Julie Elster, creator of WRWDW.com, the Disney World Planning website. Today I talk to Alyssa, who was on the show previously to discuss a family trip with her husband and her kids. This time around, she did an adults-only trip, just her and her husband, and we talk about some of the differences in Disney World with kids, with a family, versus just adults. And you'll see in the way that she planned this trip, they did things that they would not have been able to do if they had their kids with them. So on part one of this trip, we have the four-park challenge. So that's going to be the focus of this episode is Alyssa and her husband are doing all four parks in one day. And so they're able to do things a little bit differently, eat at places they would not have eaten at otherwise, do rides they maybe wouldn't have done otherwise, or they definitely wouldn't have done otherwise. Uh, But enough for me. I'm going to let Alyssa jump right in with her day one four park challenge. Hey, Alyssa, thanks for being on the podcast again. How are you? I'm doing great. All right. You went back to Disney World. Tell us a little bit about your trip. So what were the dates that you were there and who's going with you? So we were there from um, Thursday, October 12th. Well, I guess technically the 13th because we didn't get in until super late. Um, And then we stayed until 16th, Monday the 16th. Okay. And who was traveling with you? So it was just my husband and I this time. We left the kids at home and did a couple's trip. Uh, okay, so what prompted the couple's trip? Were you guys celebrating anything or just trying to get away from kids' life? A little bit of both. We had said we would go on a trip every five years, um, and we did not get to go on a five-year anniversary trip because we we had an infant at the time and just wasn't time to get away. And then we also watch a lot of Disney YouTube and listen to a lot of podcasts, obviously, and we had heard a lot of people doing a four-park challenge, so we've been talking about it for a long time. And my husband wanted to go to Universal. So we just decided to go ahead and do it. Okay. So four park challenge, Universal, and no kids. This, I mean, that's these things, the four park challenge, Universal, that definitely sounds like it's better without kids. How old are your kids? I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So Universal is really not something in their age range yet. And then there will be no way. I mean, I guess you could do the four-park challenge, but maybe not happily um, <laughs> if you have to lug your strollers on all the different types of transportation. So, And where are you guys coming from? So we're coming from Baton Rouge. Uh, normally we drive to Disney, but because this was a short trip and it was just John and I, we flew um, this time. So we flew out of New Orleans because... They just have way better flights. And we flew in real light late on Thursday night. And then we flew out Monday morning. So we both worked a full day Thursday. And John worked on Monday too. And where are you guys staying? So two different places. We have Hyatt points and we have a lot of points. And this was kind of in addition to our yearly family vacation. So we stayed at a Hyatt for the whole trip. We actually booked it so that we never lost that room. So we had that from Thursday night until um, Monday morning. And then we also stayed at Universal Royal Pacific just for one night. And the reason for that was to get the express pass because it was the same price to get a hotel room for that night as it was to get express pass for two days for two adults. 
that is often the case with the express pass. And like you, like you kind of said here, you get it both your check-in and check-out dates. So really you got it for two days with only one night stay. So not a bad deal. No. And then it's nice to be close. So we kind of talked about. So you did actually stay there. I, I have definitely heard of people booking the room, but not actually staying on like on that you know, universal property just to get the express pass to skip the line. So you didn't, you stayed, you didn't go back to your Hyatt, but you kept the Hyatt hotel the whole time, right? Yes. We didn't want to have to check totally out and check back in. So we kind of left like our dirty clothes and all of our Disney stuff and then went to universal. Okay. Okay. I was just making sure I understood that correctly. And because you were using points to pay for it, it's not like you were out, you know, however much the nightly rate was for the Hyatt. Perfect. I love it. Okay. That's a great hack to skip the line. So we'll get to skipping the lines and stuff when we get to your your uh, universal day. All right. So your arrival day, um, are you getting in early enough to be able to do anything? No. So we didn't <laughs> okay. leave New Orleans until 7.55. Um, I am a teacher and I had an after school event. So I did all that. And then we got to New Orleans and we flew out. I'm sorry, it might not have been 755. It might been have been later than that. I think we flew out around nine o'clock. So we didn't get in until after midnight. Okay. So you're just heading straight to the hotel then. Are you guys renting a car? What are you doing to get around since you're going to different parks? Universal and Disney aren't close and you're staying off property. How are you guys handling that? We are Ubering. Um, I checked kind of Uber and Lyft to see which one was cheapest, uh, and we never had a problem with that. I was very nervous about scheduling an Uber because it is way more expensive to schedule ahead of your flight. It was like going to be $70, and I knew that wasn't right. So I was nervous, but there was tons of Ubers, even though we were getting at 1 a.m. Yeah, scheduling it, I don't know why they charge so much more, but they do. You're right. They do. And sometimes you'll see surge pricing. I don't know if you had the Lyft app on your phone as well. I will I often did. check both. And I never actually close out of the one when I'm checking the other because sometimes if you close out and go back in, the rates jump. Such a scam. I had heard oh. you say that. <laughs> I had heard you say that. And it did happen to me one time where I checked and then it changed. And I was Okay. So you guys are getting in super late. What does your first actual day look like then? Are you sleeping in or are you getting up early and heading to the parks? No. So we had discussed we could sleep in because we can't park hop till two, but we are just not those kind of people. We were at Disney. We were excited to go back. Um, And we had a lot of things to do at Animal Kingdom, which was our first park. That's our favorite park. Um, So we had a lot to do. So we did not. We rope dropped. Uh, so woke up very early. Is this is this day your um, four park challenge day, or is today just you're kind of exploring whatever parks? This is our four park challenge day. So we only did one day at Disney. Now let me ask you: with the four park challenge, was there strategy ahead of time with like how you were planning out your day? Yes. So we wanted to start at Animal Kingdom because that it is the furthest away. And since we couldn't park hop till two, we got on the bus way before two so that we could head closer in. That's also how I, I did it when I did the four park challenge with my son. We also started at Animal Kingdom. Um, I also am curious, what were the rules of your four, four park challenge? Everybody kind of does the challenge a little bit differently. Um, so I'm curious what what the parameters were for you guys. 
So our rules were, and when we get to Magic Kingdom, you'll see I kind of, we a little bit cheated. Um, we had to take a picture with the icon. We had to ride at least one ride. We had to have a snack and have a drink at each park. Okay. That sounds very similar to what I did with my son. I don't think we had drinks listed, but I'm pretty sure we did end up getting drinks with each snack anyway. But that's that's pretty similar. I think that's a, a pretty standard four-park challenge. All right. So we know what the rules are. We know that you've got a strategy in place. And so we're starting out at Animal Kingdom since it's farthest away. You can't walk to anything else. There's no other form of transportation other than the bus. So I think this is a good start. So tell us a little bit about your morning and your first stop on your four-park challenge. Okay. So we got to, we left the hotel around 630. They had free breakfast at our hotel. So we ate breakfast and then we headed to Animal Kingdom. At seven o'clock, we um, booked our first lightning lane, which we had hoped would be Jungle Cruise, but um, the times were not far enough out. So I just went ahead and booked Everest because we were going to do that second. And they had a you couldn't see the times yet, but it had an early return time. When I booked it, it was you know first thing in the morning. So we got an Uber to Animal Kingdom. We tapped in at 7.30. Um, it was opening at 7.30 to resort guests, but we were not a Disney resort guest. So we could get in, but then we were like held at the checkpoint, um, which is a sad experience <laughs> when you're seeing all these – Resort guests and, you know, we're usually Just strolling staying. on by you as you have yes. to stand there and wait. Yeah. And so one of the other teachers from my school, he was at Disney too. And so we saw him and his wife and they were like, oh, well, yeah, we'll walk in together. And I was like, well, we won't. We will stand here and wait. <laughs> um, but y'all can go. So when you kind of the path splits right after secure, right after you tap in, on the left was the early entry people and on the right was the other people. So in some ways, it would have been great to be at Magic Kingdom where we could have explored the hub or, you know, done something. We were just kind of standing there waiting. But we were towards the front. On the way into Animal Kingdom, I did stop and get a cold brew because ah, smart. I was just like, we <laughs> are not, you knew. We're here yeah. early. We don't have anything to do. So I just kind of sipped on that. And then we just talked about things we wanted to do. We were checking kind of lightning lane. At this time, we could see the times, return times. So we were checking because we knew we had to get things at certain times in order to be successful. But everything was really close in. So I was like, oh, it won't be a crowded day at all. But that didn't end up being <laughs> Yes. So we ended up uh, – we also tried to book Guardians because we were going to ride Guardians. But I was confused. I thought you could do it at your park or open, but it's at Epcot's park open. So I guess I just misunderstood that. So we – didn't book Guardians till later because we couldn't yet. So because you were not staying in a resort, you had to wait until park opening so that you could purchase the individual lightning Like Purchasing is smart for the challenge because then you know you're guaranteed a, a ride at a certain time. Um, I think the issue becomes then with Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes, timing when you get to the parks because that can be a little bit challenging. So what was your thought when picking the time for Guardians? So we were going to end at Epcot. We wanted to have some time to, you know, explore World Showcase and enjoy Epcot at night. So we were planning on doing that last and we decided like, okay, we should be there by six. 
But if we're not there by six, if we do a six o'clock window, we have all the way till seven. So I think we ended up doing like a 620 for Guardians. Um, and we were there in more than enough time. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So uh, once you get actually into Animal Kingdom, tell us about your your morning there. So we got in. We went straight to Navi River Journey because um, that's my favorite ride. Um, I think in all of Disney, and that's pretty sad, but it's just beautiful. And I love that animatronic, the Shaman of Song. Um, so we went there, went on Guardian. I mean, went on Navi, not Guardians. Um, and then it was fifteen minute wait. That was pretty accurate. We got in, got out. Then we headed over to Everest, and our Lightning Lane was for eight forty. And we did not need a lightning lane at <laughs> all um, because it was a walk on either way. I think it was posted five minute wait and we kind of knew that, but that's okay. So after we tapped in for that, I checked lightning lanes for Jungle Cruise because we were hoping to do Jungle Cruise, but it wasn't far enough out yet. So I went ahead and booked a lightning lane for um, the animation experience, which once again, I knew I didn't need a lightning lane, but... I needed to book. I didn't need to book anything, but I felt <laughs> you the need had to book it, something. So why not? I, what do you remember? I'm curious. What were the return times you were getting for Jungle Cruise? So at this point for Jungle Cruise, it was like eleven o'clock still. So this is nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, it was still really early. Yes. So I found that all the Lightning Lanes were really, really early, and I couldn't get anything. And then they all jumped really far out. So. I guess it just has to do with the speed that people are all able. If you have that two hour delay, then everybody gets their second. Right. I'm also wondering if people are waiting to buy until they get to the parks. People get there and then are like, oh, right. Let's just spend the money. I don't want to stand in line. Um, that could also account for some some like later morning rushes in lightning lanes. Absolutely. And I mean, it was $25 this day. So for the two of us, that's not that much money. But I mean, really, $50 is kind of, I mean, it's not yeah, cheap. Yeah. And if you've got kids or you're with a bigger group, that can be a ton of money. I can see the hesitation then. $25 is is high. Um, so I can see the hesitation to buy it until you're standing in line and you're like, oh, fine, I give in. I'll just buy it. <laughs> and I'm sure right. that is a, a thing that happens. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure some people don't even realize about Genie until they show up, which is mind boggling. But it does seem like people, some people just don't have a plan. They're just coming to Disney. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, not everybody's listening to podcasts and <laughs> doing all the, the homework that you and I would do. Yes. My, my, the other teacher in my school was like, I do not understand a four park challenge. Like, why would you do that? And I'm like, well, we've been <laughs> And to you're Disney like, why wouldn't you do that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so we rode Everest, uh, we booked guardians cause it was nine at that point and Epcot had opened. And then we had a little bit of time before the train started running for Rafiki's. And since it was only two of us and we were still not tired, we we're like, let's go take our photo with the tree of life because later we want to be able to have time to like luxuriate and not have to be running around like crazy people. So we went and took our photo that took like 15 minutes and we were on the first train to Rafiki's Planet Watch at 930. And when we got over there, they were doing um, a checkup on a little bird. And so I got to kind of watch that. And, um, you know, that was cool. I've never seen that when we've gone with the kids, but we're usually getting over there a lot later. 
So if you want to see something like that, I think the first thing in the morning, they had multiple things scheduled. Um, That's a good tip. I've had a lot of people be like, oh, we were hoping to see. And it seems like the majority of times people are like, oh, we missed it. So that is that's a good tip. Head over there early if that's a priority. Yes. And it was cool to go there and have we didn't have the pressure of doing more rides. Those were the two rides we were going to do. So we had time to kind of do that. So we went to the animation experience. We um, tapped in at 10 o'clock. And when I went to go book Jungle Cruise now, there was nothing left. And I this is when I realized that when you go to modify, because I knew the trick of, oh, you can book something else and then you can modify. I was going to modify the animation experience before they would let us tap in to see if I could get um, Jungle Cruise. But you can only modify now within that park. That's an, yes, that's a very important note. You can edit and pick a different ride, but that ride has to be in the same park. I'm really glad that you pointed that out. So that was new to me. So I went ahead and booked the Festival of Fantasy Parade only because that was at 2.30. So that was a, that was already after park hopping. Smart. And just waited to change it till Jungle Cruise got to two o'clock. I like that. That's that was a smart way to do it. So you've got something for that park guaranteed after two. So you knew you could get it because if right. since you're park hopping, the, the ride has to be the return time has to be after two going. So grabbing that you're guaranteed it's after 2 p.m. And then you can go ahead and modify, just keep modifying it when you have a free minute to try and get what you want. Right. And for us, it was just like a tight window because Magic Kingdom was going to be our second park and we wanted it as close to two o'clock as possible. So that's why it was like really important for us to have something, you know, as a placeholder. Um, and we didn't have any other things we we're going to do at Animal Kingdom. So we did the animation experience. We drew um, Dante for Coco since uh, it's Hispanic Heritage Month. And you got to see, I loved that. I've never done that with my kids. They would not sit through that. Um, <laughs> but if you have older kids, I mean, mine are two and four. There's just no way. But it... um. They had a video about one of the animators on Coco, and she was actually from the village that Coco is modeled after. And it was a really just great experience. And both of our Dantes came out fantastic. And I would not consider myself an artist. That's um, really cool. It was it was really fun. I, I just kept thinking about my kids at school that they would love that because I helped run a talented program. And so a lot of our talented art kids would love that. I'm pretty sure over COVID. Um, when everything was shut down, Disney posted videos that are like very similar to how they do the animation experience. I'm going to have to look that up because it was very fun. And I had to fold my picture of Dante because I had a fanny pack. We didn't have to bring all the junk we normally bring. Um, so we had to fold them up and it was kind of broke my heart to fold it. But I don't know if you heard a few episodes ago, I had a guest who cut a tube <laughs> Like a, a like a heavy like a wrapping paper one <laughs> to fold up or to roll up her picture so that it wouldn't get folded or creased or bent. And I yes, was like, that's I would love that brilliant and hilarious <laughs> that you thought to do that. But now, yes. like that, you've had to fold yours and you're a little heartbroken. It's like maybe it wasn't that silly. Maybe she's it's onto not something. That silly. I mean, you know, it's just like you can't bring everything. Normally we have a stroller, so we put everything in the stroller. It's so easy. It makes life so much easier to put stuff like underneath yes. the stroller. 
Absolutely. We saw somebody with like a little cart. It wasn't a stroller. It was just a little cart because they had older kids. And I was like, oh, that's a brilliant idea if you (laughs) – but I don't want to carry that around. Yeah, that. you don't want to be the cart lady. You're like, that's smart, but I'm so, not doing that. Yes. Last time I went to Epcot, my husband brought trays and that was because we had a stroller. So it's like, we can't be the tray people. Oh my gosh, you brought the trays. I forgot about that. Yes. yes. We needed them this trip. Oh, that's, <laughs> I, okay. That's, I laughed even harder at that than I did the, the tube to roll up her picture. Yeah. Are you an artist or a foodie? You um, brought trays with. I for, I completely forgot about that. That's so funny. Yeah. So we, we finished the animation experience. Um, we just kind of walked around for a minute. And then um, we went back on the train to the regular part of Animal Kingdom. And we went to Satuli Canteen for lunch. We had talked about trying something different. And we were going to try um, Yak and Yeti. But really everything we wanted was at the sit-down, not the quick service. And we didn't want to do a sit-down at this point in the day. So we just went over to Thule and we split the cheeseburger pods. And the reason we split it is because we really wanted to go to Nomad Lounge because we always hear all these great things about Nomad Lounge. And normally we have kids. So um, we ate lunch and then we tried to join the virtual um, wait list for Nomad Lounge and it said it was full. And I had a mild panic attack because I was like, this is one of the things I really wanted to do. And unfortunately, Disney brings that out in me. Um, I get this idea of what it'll be like. And I'm always fussing at my husband about this in, in life in general, but I'll get this idea and then I'm very upset when it doesn't work out. So we walked over to Nomad and I spoke with the hostess and sure enough, there was spots on the virtual queue and it was like a 20 minute wait. So it wasn't even so oh, in wasn't the app, even bad. it was wrong. Yeah. Go talk to a human being is the lesson here that we've learned. Yes. And it seems like that's the way it was working at Nomad, that lounge, lounge, because it wasn't just us. It was other people would walk up and get on the wait list while we were waiting. So I don't know if something was wrong with the app or... I don't know if they just do it that way sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that the lesson still stands, though. Always go and ask. Ask a human. Yep. Better to ask and be told no than never ask and just be upset. So got seated at Nomad. And unfortunately, our seat was inside. So that was not what I wanted. But it's okay. We had a great um, server. He was fantastic and really personable and like had a lot of recommendations and things. So... It didn't matter. We still got to go to Nomad, but I feel like I need to go back now to go outside. So So I guess you have to plan another adult trip so that you can go and sit outside. I'm going by myself in November. So hopefully I will um, get to go to Nomad. There you go. So um, we got drinks and then we got the churros because I'd heard good things about the churros at Nomad Lounge. And we got the bread service. And it was delicious. We loved Nomad um, and we loved our server. And we just kind of like chilled there for a little bit. So we stayed there for about an hour and just relaxed um, because we knew it was going to be a busy afternoon. So at like 1230, we were done. So we didn't want to get another round of drinks. And we knew it was too early to get on a park hopping bus, but we just didn't have anything else we really wanted to do in Animal Kingdom. And the wait times for rides were pretty far out at this point. So it was like, do you want to do it? It's tough to be a bug. Or do we just go do something else? 
So we decided that we would get a bus to a resort and just kind of go walk around a resort. It was also really hot this day. And we're from the South and very humid. It was 90 degrees. And the feels like temperature said it was like 104, my husband said. But I think it was because of the humidity. Um, So we went to the Grand Floridian because we had never been there. And while we're on the bus, we booked a lightning lane for Tower of Terror. And we booked that, I think, for like 4 o'clock maybe. And and so that was going to be our third park. So we... Went to the Grand Floridian. We just kind of walked around. And then we did a full loop on the monorail just because. Just because you can. Yes. Uh, and so then at 148, we tapped into Magic Kingdom. Um, so park hopping starts at two, but we knew there was like a little grace period. And we weren't sure what the grace period was, but 148 is with it. 148 is the answer, at least on this day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we tapped in. We got a photo with the castle. And then it had been another two hours since we had booked our Tower of Terror lightning lane. So we went ahead and booked a Soarin lightning lane, even though we were doing Guardians at Epcot because it's Soarin' over California right now. And we hadn't seen that in a long time. So I figured if we could, we would do that. So we booked that for, I think, 530. And standby is, is probably way longer because it's not Soarin' over the world. It's Soarin' over California. Yes. And standby weights were, were getting up there at this time. So pretty much everything when we left Animal Kingdom had a over 40 minute wait. I think uh, Navi River Journey was like an 80 minutes, which Ooh. I love Navi River Journey, but that is You ridiculous. don't 80 minutes love Navi River Journey? <laughs> I don't know that I like anything 80 minutes right. worth. <laughs> um, so we went on Jungle Cruise. That lightning lane was for two o'clock. It was a 90 minute wait. And even the lightning lane was pretty backed up at this point. Um, So we waited for just a few minutes and then we got on Jungle Cruise and that was great. Um, We love Jungle Cruise. And then we got off and at 2.20 we got spring rolls. So now had cheeseburger pods and now we're having cheeseburger spring rolls. Um, And then at oh, and we got a water. So this is why we cheated at Magic Kingdom because at this (laughs) point it was very hot. And we did not bring water bottles with us. And I would say that normally I'll be like, well, of course you need to bring your water bottle with you. But when you don't have a stroller and you're trying to do the fanny pack thing, it's kind of inconvenient to have a water bottle. But I think he got a little dehydrated this day because the next get like the next day he was feeling really, really sick. And I almost wonder if it was dehydration. I am not a huge water drinker. So my body is just like living on Diet Coke and used to that. <laughs> yeah. But um, he felt sick the next day. And I do wonder if we had done a better job. That could very well be what it was. Yeah. So, but we got a water at this point. And then after that, we went on and got on the bus for Hollywood Studios. So we left at um, 2.45 and we were at Hollywood Studios for 3.15. And we took a picture in front of the Tower of Terror because we think that's the park icon. I know some people say the Chinese theater. I know. I When I did it with my son, we did Chinese theater. And my husband was like, uh, that's not correct. <laughs> so, but I was <laughs> like, well, Tower of Terror wasn't there on opening day. That was That's my argument. But I kind of agree with, like, if we're going off, like, all right, first thing you think of Hollywood Studios, Tower of Terror. So yeah, you can make an argument either way. 
You could. And so both count. Both right. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um so then we were like, let's do a loop. It was too early for our lightning lane. And since we really weren't getting to experience Hollywood Studios and I love Galaxy's Edge, even though I don't love Star Wars, I just think it's like so immersive and so great. It's Carefully like you'll break one me. of my lightsabers again. That's you yeah. reminded me before we got before we started recording. You reminded me that the last time you and I spoke, as we were talking, a lightsaber that if if you could see that my video feed right now is right behind me, fell off of the wall and crashed to the floor. I, I respect it. I just don't. <laughs> I think we're you're not the Star negative Wars Star Wars energy and <laughs> my lightsaber uh, revolted, hurled itself yeah. off the wall. <laughs> I get some comments. People don't even like Star Wars are on this podcast. No, but yeah. I love Galaxy's Edge. I think it's I think it's fantastic. So we did a little loop through, and Toy Story Land was. Packed. It's like reminds me of every time I go with my kids and I'm trying to navigate with the stroller. It's much easier when you don't have one though. So right, <laughs> we did a little loop and then we went to Tower Terror. And when we got there, I was a little worried because we still have to have our snack. And the Lightning Lane was all the way down the street. And at first I was like, "Oh, this is the standby line." But then they're like, "No, that's the Lightning Lane." And my heart kind of dropped for a minute. And so I was like, let's modify and do something else because we can't wait in this long of a line. Like we, we have to, we have to get to Epcot. And my husband was like, no, it's going to be fine. When we went to modify, there was really nothing. We, we wouldn't have saved time by modifying at that point because Hollywood Studios, I mean, we would have had to do something. As frightening as it is when you see something like that happen. When the the lightning lane line gets backed up like that, they take more lightning lane guests than they do standby guests to make up for it. And and really, there was no. This was our third park, so there was no need to panic. It was like four o'clock. It, it was ridiculous, but you know, we had gotten this far, and I wanted to make sure we we're going to finish. You're like, I had a plan, and <laughs> we're going to stick to this plan. <laughs> yes. So it was a 95 minute wait in standby. And at that point, too, and I think it was because it was Friday the 13th. And, you know, I think that's like the day of Tower of the Terror. It is a Friday the 13th um, in October. So so we got on. It was an 18-minute wait, which is obviously not bad at all. But when you are thinking you're not going to wait, it's all about expectations. When you think I'm just going to walk right on, 18 minutes is like, oh, my gosh, we've been waiting for a long time. <laughs> 18 <whole> so, minutes. <laughs> yeah. So we got on. It was great. Um it was one of the the lady on our our rides first time, and so she was very scared, and it was that was enjoyable to me to just watch <laughs> someone experience it. Um, then we left. We went to the Brown Derby Lounge, which the virtual queue for the virtual um, walk up wait list, I think, is what it's called, did work, and we immediately got a spot. And I will say, I always thought this would be like an adults only place. But the outside really is very kid-friendly. I feel like I could definitely bring my kids there. Um, but I've had my kids great. inside there as well, like in the in the dining room. And it's it's perfectly kid-friendly. Now, I don't know if it's like your kid's first choice. There are other options <laughs> they will enjoy more. But like if you have your heart set on it, it's definitely kid-friendly. Kids could do the restaurant yeah. as well. I just felt like it made – like I don't know that Nomad, there was a lot of kids there. But it's not really kids friendly. It's like a relaxing, like everybody's kind of quiet and zoning out. So I would not want to bring my two-year-old there. But Brown Derby really wasn't like that because you're in the action. You can see everything going on. Um, so that was kind of a fun part of, of it. Uh, we got the Cobb salad, 
which I just wanted to try for curiosity. So we split that and we each got a drink and the Cobb salad was great. I, I loved it. That's why it's the famous Cobb salad. <laughs> that is why. And it, it, was, it was famously delicious. So uh, we got on the Skyliner at 5.15 and we tapped into Epcot at 5.45. So you're ahead of schedule. You're ahead of schedule here because your goal was six to tap yes. into Epcot. Yeah. So we were doing really good. And so we were excited because – at this point, we knew we'd have some time to just enjoy World, World Showcase. So at this point, we had a Via Napoli reservation, just like our last trip. And my husband and I really wanted to eat at a couple food booths, but we were not that hungry, I guess, because it was hot. And so we had decided that we have to cancel Via Napoli because we don't want to go and do a sit down and pay for that and not eat because we've already eaten at Nomad Lounge and at um, the Brown Derby Lounge. And so we we're really not full, not hungry at all. We were feeling really full. So we did Soren. It was a 65 minute wait, but we waited only like 15 minutes in the Lightning Lane. And I liked Soren over California, but now having seen Soren around the world, the, the transitions just aren't as good. Uh, you know, it's funny. I agree with you. I prefer Soarin' Around the World, and I always feel like I'm the only one. I'm like, but the transitions are better. They're more fun. And people just, they're like, you are incorrect. End of story. I do like Soarin' Over California. I do too. But yeah. It, it To me, it just isn't, it's like a nostalgia thing. I like it because it was the first one I did, not because... It, it's better. I do like Soren around the world. I agree. Also, okay, I'm glad to have found somebody else who shares this opinion. It's just you and me, just so you know, no one else agrees with us. But I'm glad that you and I. Oh, okay. All right. So it's the three of us. Three of we'll us. We'll be in the club and uh, everybody else will tell us that we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'll get emails, I'm sure. Uh, oh, I hope not. But <laughs> that's fine. If you like Soren over California, we can all like different things. Yeah. Email um, me, not Alyssa. <laughs> Right. Um, so we got a photo pass at, in front of um, Spaceship Earth. And we did the one, I, did, I didn't realize it would be like this, but it's maybe they're all like this. It's like distorted because I guess you're so much closer. So to get the entire thing in the background, we look very weird. There's one, they use a, a fisheye lens. So it gives it that that curve. Yes. Yes. That is what it was. And it looks it looks fine. I just wanted it to like look like the others and it does not. Yeah. <laughs> we went then to Guardians and Guardians are so good. It's like hard to even imagine how great it is because I sometimes feel like low expectations means you'll be really happy with your ride experience. But Guardians, you can have really high expectations. It's just so fun. It's so much fun. It's the music too. So we got September and it was just, it was great. Um, I was a little sad for this one though because Soren doesn't do a photo and Guardians does and the people in front of us put their hands up. And so our photo was kind of ruined. And I just thought, you know, I understand wanting to do that, but it's so hard when your photo gets ruined. It's not like you can go back. It just is what it is. Yeah. So um, after that, so we pretty much had completed the challenge because we knew we'd eat something at Epcot. So we went to refreshment port and we got the braised beef poutine um, and that was delicious. Um, but we didn't want to eat on a trash can because that's like one and of the you worst didn't parts about that. Bring your trays. We didn't bring our trays <laughs> and we were about to need them too. My, um, my husband was like, man, we needed those trays this time. I was like, did you want to carry the tray around all day? I think not. 
<laughs> um, so we went to brewing since that was inside the Odyssey. And it was still, I mean, it was hot at this point, even though the sun had gone down. Um, we got some of the wings, even though I told my husband, I was like, I don't know that people like them, but he wanted wings. So we went there and we ate the poutine and the wings inside the Odyssey. Okay. So how are the wings? I mean, one of them is like peanut butter and jelly, and that is what it tasted like, peanut butter and jelly. So he also got the garlic parmesan, which those were normal. They were fine. So I really wanted a margarita, and my husband got a a beer from brewing, too, that he liked. Um, So I wanted a margarita, so we went over to uh, Charles a Day Margarita. And last time I went to Disney, I had a mango margarita, and they did like an ancho chili floater, so it made it like spicy, and it was delicious. Well, they don't do that during food and wine for obvious reasons. So they, well, you can only do the margarita because they don't want you having an extra shot, which I can understand. <laughs> so I just got a normal margarita. And then since I hadn't really eaten a full dinner, I got the empanadas too, which that's a huge portion. And the empanadas are really good. Um, so then we just walked around World Showcase and just kind of took in the sights. We stopped at the Mitsukoshi store in japan just to look around because i love that store it's so cute my um, daughter makes me stop there because she's obsessed with pokemon so it, it doesn't matter what i'm doing if i'm there solo if i'm there with people she will like facetime me and be like did you get me a pokemon yet did you go did you go to the store yet did you get me a pokemon <laughs> so i'm there like every trip that store it is so cute. Like, I'm not really into, like, I don't need a Pokemon plush or anything, but they're all adorable, and it's it's cute to see. And we we had already done, I forgot to mention this, but at Magic Kingdom, we had gotten my daughter um, a Nemo, one of those little dolls that you can dress up. We had gotten my two-year-old a Daisy um, because my older daughter has Minnie Mouse, and so uh, I think those are precious. So we had already done our shopping. We were just really browsing. Um, and then when we were walking past America – we saw Hoobastank because they were, they were there for the Eats the Beat or um, Hoobastank. Oh, blast from the past. Eat to the yes. Beat concerts are fun. Like they get some really great people, but a lot of fun old school musicians. Yes. Yeah. It's like everybody that was popular when I used to listen to the radio before right. I switched to podcasts. That's right. who that Eats to the Beat. So um, they were doing. Um, they we walked up and they were just starting the reason. You're like, this is the one song I know by them. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And the crowd was very into it. So it was it was just a cool atmosphere to be in. Um, and then at 8:40, we decided, you know what, we're done. And I had talked to um, the PE coach from my school earlier in the day about maybe meeting up at the boardwalk. And so we texted them and we're like, hey, if y'all want to come, I think we're going to head to Jelly Rolls. So they were kind of dead. So they like, no, we were not going to make it. But we decided to walk to Jelly Rolls, which um, is when you walk out the International Gateway, it's like probably the last thing you can go to on the boardwalk. And and we were tired at this point. We were kind of, you know, ready. We hadn't really slept much the night before. So we're like, we'll stay for one drink, just kind of see what it is. Um, I'm from New Orleans originally, even though we live in Baton Rouge. And Pato's is like a big piano bar here, and it's so fun. So we thought it'd be fun. But when we got there, it was a $20 cover. And I was going to pay $40 to listen to one song. Plus, I would want to get a drink. So 
I was like, never mind. And it and it sounded great from outside. It's not that I wouldn't go to Jelly Rolls. I just wasn't going to go for one drink. So we walked back to Abracadabra, which is right by the entrance to the boardwalk. And we sat down and it appeared that there was waiters, but we waited for like 20 minutes and no one ever came. And so oh, we were kind of tired and we were just like, let's just go. And we don't really need another drink or anything. Let's just go back. So at 9.15, we got a Uber from the boardwalk. So you made a little detour. But we didn't need any of that. So it was fine. And we were excited that we completed it. And we stayed at the boardwalk um, last time. So it was also kind of like, oh, wouldn't it be so nice if we could just walk up to our room right now and we didn't have to Uber home. But it was a much quicker walk than going back to the front of the park. Even though we walked around the boardwalk going nowhere, it was probably the same walk we would have had exiting Epcot. This was the end of of your first day. Let's go over your four-park challenge really quickly. All right, so we started at Animal Kingdom. So remind us, what was the photo, the ride, and the food and drink item that you got? Photo was in front of the Tree of Life. The ride, we did Navi and Everest. And then food, we did a lot. The cheeseburger pod (laughs) and the churros. And then drinks at Nomad. So a lot of food there. Then Magic Kingdom. We were here the least amount of time, which is on brand for us kind of because it's just so hot. Um, We did Jungle Cruise as our ride. And we did the cheeseburger egg rolls from the egg roll cart and the water. And then Hollywood Studios, we did Tower Terror. And then the Brown Derby Lounge, we had a Cobb salad and, and some drinks. And then... Epcot, we did Soren and Guardians, and then we did some festival booths for food. Would you do anything differently with the four-park challenge? Would you change up how you tackle it? Would you make it more challenging maybe next time? So we talked about you could make it much more challenging if you did not have Genie Plus, obviously. Um, I don't know that I'd want to do that. That wouldn't be that enjoyable because I like that we got to spend some time in the parks because really every park but Magic Kingdom, we we walked around, we kind of like enjoyed. Um, so no, I don't think I would change anything. I, I think it went really well. I'll probably drink some more water because you'll see um, in a minute. That would have helped my husband. Um, but I thought it was great. We maybe would have ended with Magic Kingdom had it not been a party night. Because it would have been great to end with fireworks, and I don't really care to see the Epcot fireworks um, as much as I do Magic Kingdom. But other than that, I thought it was great. All right. So successful four-park challenge. I like that your your thought with the four-park challenge, let's make this a way to have a little piece, a little slice of each park and enjoy it. Absolutely. And that's kind of the great thing about this. I would not recommend it to someone who hasn't been to Disney. It's not a way to do Disney necessarily. It's just a fun thing for people that do Disney all the time and a great, like, interesting way to do Disney that we haven't done before. We talked about we'd probably never do it again necessarily, but it's about to get a lot easier with park hopping (laughs) rules changing. So maybe it would be like you could spend more equal time at each park. Yeah, the the park hopping rules currently, not being able to hop until two makes – the four park challenge strange because the first park you're there for several hours and then <laughs> you're like been running from park to park to park after that. Absolutely. And we stayed, so we had like scheduled what we thought it would be like, and we are pretty much on schedule until tower of terror. 
when we had to wait a little bit longer than we thought we would, but we still weren't like so off schedule that we couldn't make it happen. After this, it's universal. We did go to Disney Springs one time, but yes, now it's like universal. All right, let's pause here for uh, part one of Alyssa's trip. Head on over to the next episode for part two, where Alyssa moves from Disney World to Universal Studios. And I will see you guys in the next episode.